Welcome to Peaceful Power Project Conversations. Actually, Peaceful Power Project's first conversation. The intention of these conversation episodes is to share the stories of people who represent peace and power, peaceful power and powerful peace. And (laughs) I feel really lucky to be sitting here uh, with Todd McLaughlin, who I'll give one example of how Todd represents both peace and power before I uh, give the formal introduction. So uh, Todd, yoga studio owner and yoga teacher, can in a chill, uh, slightly humorous, light way, guide humans into the shape of a pretzel, (laughs) having them rock back and forth in a circular motion on the floor. Um, So we've got the peace and the power. (laughs) So that's, that's my like, and and if you're not a a yoga, a yogi person or yoga person, um, you'll, you'll hear the rest of how uh, Todd truly embodies both peace and power. Uh, Also, uh, Todd embodies uh, sincere love and respect for the teachings of yoga Uh, Todd co-owns Native Yoga Center in Juneau Beach, Florida, with his incredible wife, Tamara. And Native just celebrated 16 years. They celebrated on my birthday. I think the actual date was different, but this year it was celebrated on my birthday. (laughs) And this year, if you're listening to my podcast in the future, is 2022. Right? Isn't that cool? Like someone could be listening to this next year. Right. All right. I have this all written down. I don't want to leave out a thing. Um, Native has also been voted by the people, the best yoga studio in Palm Beach County three years in a row. If you're from here, there's a lot of yoga here. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, So they offer classes virtually and in person, workshops, special guests. Uh, One of my favorite offerings that I'm hoping will come back is that Todd used to um, guide the Hadaman Chalisa with the guitar and sing and people would just come and gather. Hope that's coming back. Um, Just really unique offerings here. They also offer yoga teacher trainings, both at the 200 level and the advanced teacher training. And one of the most special uh, things about Native is uh, the community and family presence. So very unique. I have not heard of this in any other yoga studio. You can sign up for a 30-minute, like, tour, a conversation to learn about the practice, the studio, ask questions. Um, That's really special. It's a very unintimidating, all-inclusive space. I love this space. Um, Also, Todd's family practices and teaches at the studio. Um, I don't know teaches right now, but if you're, I know your sister. They do. (laughs) So, um, and your wife, of course. Um, And you just feel family vibes super special. Speaking of family vibes, my mom and I were texting all morning trying to remember when she started practicing at Native, and it was 2012. Um, Really special that Todd was my mom's first uh, teacher. (laughs) Yeah, the first one she followed and stayed with in this practice. I hope this podcast will reaffirm her commitment to the yoga practice. So um, yeah. Uh, Todd is also one of my, I know it's a long intro, but I hope you're taking it in. Um, Todd is also uh, one of my podcast host inspirations. So we started about a month apart in 2020, March and April respectively. So a lot going on then, probably started with similar intentions. 
Um, Todd has just released uh, uh, his 77th episode, The Majority, amazing interviews. However, my number one favorite episode uh, is uh, Todd's retelling of his journey this year, Crossing for the Cure. Um, What a phenomenal storyteller. Beautiful, beautiful episode. So this brings me to the last part of the intro, um, is that Todd was also awarded the top fundraising individual for the Crossing for the Cure for Piper's Angel Foundation. So this just kind of reminds me of that generous spirit, completely humble nature. Um, again, why I wanted to bring Todd on to the prop to the podcast. Um, and I just got an email before the podcast that there's another fundraiser coming up. Maybe you'll tell me in detail later. I didn't have uh, enough. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I actually listened to your interview with the person who I think. With Taylor Hunt. Yeah, who yep. founded the, the foundation. So you'll definitely share more about that. So without further ado, um, Todd McLaughlin, yoga studio owner, yoga teacher, podcast host, husband, son, dad, <laughs> um, also bringing awareness to incredible humans through podcasting, um, incredible organizations that make a huge impact. Welcome. Todd. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. I wasn't expecting that. So that is just so amazing because sometimes I feel I, I have a I have high I have confidence and I think well of myself, but to hear somebody speak about me like that, uh, I just feel honored. So thank you so much for being. That was really amazing. So sweet. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank <laughs> you for being able to take it in. I was like, is this too much? But it is what it is no. because it's the the fruits of your labor and your life. And so I thought that would be a good way to kind of start. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you touched on a bunch of different things. We we have been here a long time. Uh, and I love teaching yoga. We, my wife and I have just really enjoyed doing this. So every day that we get to come into the studio, we don't take it for granted ever. Uh, so it's to have the opportunity to meet you via the fact that your mom was coming in practicing. And I remember her talking about you and saying, my daughter's up in New York and she's an amazing yogi and she teaches. So I'd heard so much about you prior to your first uh, trip into the studio. And so to be able to cultivate relationships with local families and, and get to know people over a long period of time really is the best part about staying put in one place. Uh, and or now with us working with the online world, we can actually create these communities on such a amazing scale. So I I think that the amount of p- opportunities that are happening for us, uh, er, you know, people, humans, like I used the word humans a few times, <laughs> putting humans into pretzels, yes. <laughs> the ability to roll pretzels around on the floor. <laughs> into right. dough and yeah um so wow i i'm excited to be here i love talking so i you already said we only have a certain amount of time i'm like good luck we're gonna be here for hours i have a feeling well so if we do need to cut this into like a certain little time frame we can do part one part two that type of thing because i you know i'm sure we have a lot to talk about awesome well i have i have a bit of a structure so we'll see if i can cool. time manage appropriately um yeah i 
I love the the time hearing you say the time you've spent like staying in one place and that was where I wanted to begin we like to travel back in time a little bit um the intro uh shared a lot of the fruits of your present world the things of like recent um achievement and accomplishment and just existence I'd love to time travel to maybe not even the why yet but the seed when the seed was planted for all of these fruits I don't know if we're going back the 16 years I don't know if we're going back before that um but your yoga journey um you definitely have um uh, embodied like a lineage and you teach the lineage and you teach other styles as well but I I don't know where your story began or when the first seed to cre- I'm sure you didn't know how <laughs> how 16 years later would yeah, look but when yeah. you had that intention or the seed was first planted in your journey to create all that you've created two main points in time that I think is why I'm here now doing what what I'm doing is uh, I I recently did an episode where I didn't actually interview somebody I just uh, spoke about an uh, experience that I had when I was uh, 18 and it's called connecting with Krishna because I went to University of Florida uh, and Prior to that, the year before I was in Maui in Hawaii, I was lucky enough to be able to go with a friend and spend a couple of weeks there. And I was, a friend said, here, you got to come check out this teepee. And it seems surreal. And we went to this teepee in the jungle, which, you know, who does that? And where do you find that sort of experience? And when I went in, I found a book opened up that was called Be Here Now by Ram Das. And I'd never heard of yoga yet. You know, it wasn't in my radar at all. And when I opened that book up and I first saw the the image of Hanuman, which is the uh, deity who is half monkey, half man, and he's a servant of, uh, it's a story, so it's a, you know, a really elaborate story out of the Ramayana, but uh, the king and queen, Rama and Sita, he's fully devoted to the king and queen, and there's a picture of him kind of pulling open his chest, which is representative of you know, holding what's really important to you in your heart, and he's showing you know, his love and appreciation for his teacher, for his, for his guru. So I had no idea what any of that meant at the time, but the image of it really piqued my interest. And then as I looked further into the book, I was like, what is going on? The book is written very uh, in stream of consciousness style with a lot of pictures that are hand drawn. And it's, so it's very, um, it really grabs your senses. So at that moment I realized I got to buy this book when I get home. And when I came back to Florida, I bought Be Here Now and I thought, I got to go to India and I have to learn yoga. That was, that really was the beginning of me being interested in this sort of culture and tradition. So the second point that I thought of right away when you asked that question was my teacher, Tim Miller, who was in Encinitas in California, when I started practicing with him, he had, uh, he had a yoga studio that he'd been in for 30 plus years. And it was on E Street in Encinitas. And it was this little shop, basically, four walls, single room. You open the door. There's a donation box on the right. You drop a couple dollars in. 
you walked in and the community feel in there was so palpable. It was unbelievable. And I was just completely in awe of the vibe that Tim had created. And at that point, I was running a yoga studio, a Bikram yoga studio in in San Diego. Both Tamara and I were co- we co-owned and ran that studio. And when I felt the difference in his studio based on from where what we were doing at the time and the amount of love that was going on in there and how incredible it was. And then at that point too, I thought 30 something years, how could anybody just stick with one thing as a yoga teacher? And that just made me feel like that's my goal. I just want to teach like my teacher get a location and just do it. And no matter what challenges come up, I don't want to give up. I just want to stay true to that. So I feel like, um, you know, we are achieving that. And, but it's, it's been a lot of hard work. There's been a lot of ups and downs. Uh, it's been so rewarding and such an incredible gift. And, uh, you know, now I'm in my hometown and my family's here and they come in practice. And so I think, you know, the, that those were the really the two main, like where, you know, you get that big light bulb of like, this is what I want to do moments. Thank you for sharing those stories. <laughs> I love it. And I didn't know that the both of you had owned a studio, um, previously on yes. the other coast. Yep. So, and so the seed was planted. I, a lot of hard work. I heard like some, did you say setbacks or just yes just hard times <laughs> like you you keep working through it yes um, but you kept nourishing um this studio um this might be a something to contemplate but why do you think out of so many that did not survive um or 16 years like you shared your teacher 30 years is is quite a remarkable thing what do you think has um allowed this growth and and life of the studio Mm. yeah Ooh, wow i think that i that's a great question because that really makes us have to analyze you know who we are how, how do we come into this existence what are the what are the building blocks that bring us to the moment that we're in and if we look at our past and we look at if we just come so in yoga obviously we have this term called karma and there's this idea that this really depends on if you believe in a soul or not but that if there's a soul that and you know we're re-embodied again that there's some sort of karma that we carry from a previous existence i think outside of that whole idea and we just look at the moment that we're born really the building blocks that we experience are with our family and we learn so much from our parents and and or lack of parents or whatever our experience is so you know all i can really base that answer on is from what i can remember as far back as i remember as a child so you know i got to give a lot of credit to my parents for you know what i've learned from them and you know in terms of uh morality you know uh, aiming for truth, aiming for, um, be kind to your neighbor, uh, aiming for honesty and communication. I think, uh, you know, that was instilled in me. Um, 
at the same time, because of some of the trauma that our family, my family went through, uh, that that also either brought us, it did bring us closer together. And it also definitely pushed me to, you know, I really just, uh, when I was, when I was in that state of where I was talking about being in Gainesville or in university in Florida and, and realizing I want to do yoga, I, you know, you had this typical career path laid out for me of like, you're going to go to college and you're going to get a good job and then you're going to get married. And then, you know, you're, this is what the ideal situation would be. And we have these expectations placed on us, but I rebelled against that pretty hardcore. I wasn't, I just was not happy. I went through a pretty serious phase of depression at that age. And so for me, I think a combination of I really wanted to feel happiness and I knew that I had to pursue my dreams. And if I didn't, I would not be happy. But it was so scary for me at that time to actually be willing to take that leap. So I guess somewhere in there, that's how this all came about where I uh, feel so passionate about this. And now I take it so seriously because I feel like it's up to us to represent yoga culture and not anyone else. Like we have to hold the, the value we see in yoga. Like I feel so much value of how it's helped me. I have to hold that up. I can't rely on anybody else to do that for me. Right. And I mean, I believe in community and the supportive community, but I feel really strongly that it's up to me to stay true to that. So I think a combination of all of those ingredients is what is why I'm here. <laughs> no, I love it. And thank you for taking that journey. I knew it's a lot to reflect like how you get, yeah. how you got to, yeah. to where you are. But I heard yeah. both the values, the core values of your family. And I, the one that stuck out to me huge was um, honesty. And I feel authenticity as well. And then the other one um, was kindness, which you feel the moment you come into the studio. And then I heard trauma and hardship, um, which we all know that struggles strengthen us and the challenges make us, mm. you know, yes. <laughs> they change us. Yes. yes. And so as I've watched during the past, we'll even say like two to three years in general, um, you and Tamara being able to the pivot word, like pivot and like navigate around what could like normally be um, a giant obstacle. You've chosen to take that obstacle into a different direction. And ultimately, I would say a better direction because maybe I'll turn this into a question. A lot changed in 2020. Um, you were able to pivot to virtual and that was the birth of Native Yoga Podcast. Yes. Right? Yes. I looked back. Yep. I scrolled back. Right. It's March You're 2020. Right. Yeah. So the just to affirm that the the truth and kindness that one feels, whether you're coming as a virtual student, which I hope some listeners like who listen to this podcast yeah. will, yeah. you know, take that opportunity. Or if you walk into this space, you feel kindness, you feel truth, you do not feel pretentiousness. You feel what you got to at the end was like holding the just this sincere love and respect, like I said in the intro, sincere love and respect for the teachings of yoga and holding those like true and not letting them like anyway, yes. <laughs> I won't yep. get into it, but, yep. Yep. but you feel that and that's important. Oh. And so Yay. all of that, but I'm going to take it to the challenge time where instead of your community 
getting smaller, your community, not just the people who listen to your podcast, but the majority of your episodes are interviews, the people that you've connected with and like mm. share their story, been a yeah. vehicle for yeah. them to share their yeah. stories. Yeah. So um, I guess you can choose the going virtual with uh, teaching or <laughs> the podcast, but just um, spending some time maybe sharing how you took, again, what would usually shrink yeah. someone yeah. or a business, yeah. but you used it yeah. and you expanded instead of shrunk. So whichever one you'd want to share with first. Okay. That's a great question. Well, you're right. Once we acknowledge that we can take challenge and or what seems like a situation that is impossible or against the odds or not what we would like to have happen because obviously we all kind of want things to just work out good and easy and smooth but so once we realize that that's possible to do that so you have a couple challenges you overcome them so you get you build a little momentum like you realize and yes covid was like a huge challenge that was a big one that was a huge one because i'm I'm a massage therapist which requires putting you know making contact touch being near people closer than six feet obviously and in a yoga studio where we're in a closed room and you know, it was a really intense thing. I feel like the rug had gotten ripped right out from underneath me in terms of my ability to provide for my family and to keep our business going. So, you know, the other thing that we all have angels, we all have people in our life, like people that are like angels that, or angels that, um, you know, have a good friend, Michael Gibbs, who this podcast equipment that we are listening to or using right now, um, he, had this didn't he he wasn't using it and he said Todd you know um and I guess let me back up a little bit so I always kind of struggled with being in front of a camera because I'm judgmental of myself you know I'll make a video and I'll watch and I'll critique myself in that video and so I'm learning to get better about like just accepting what I look like, what I sound like, and how I present myself and just being okay with that. So basically just being okay in my own skin. So I, I think I'm getting better at that now. But for me, uh, the audio component and listening, like I love hearing stories. I love listening to audio books. I love listening to podcasts. So I started to realize, okay, I want to branch out. I want to get, I want to get my story out and I want to hear other people's story. And so I felt like podcasting was the way I wanted to go. And, but I was nervous about buying equipment because you know, it's a gamble, right? So when Mike came to me and said, is right when the pandemic started, he said, look, man, take this equipment, try it out. If you like it, I'll, um, you know, you can buy it off me. I'll sell it to you for a decent price. So that gave me a chance to just kind of get my foot in the door. And uh, it was like an incredible therapeutic process for me because when I was watching uh, the challenges that were going on to be able to communicate and reach out to people and find out what's happening to you, what's happening for you, how are you getting through this challenge? And to hear those stories just kind of gave me so much motivation and inspiration to, to keep going. So, uh, you know, I think what's important is you, you've, you'd feel out what you think you would like to do. And if you really hold your attention on it, 
opportunities just seem somehow to arise. So I got to give credit to that element. Um, and yeah, I do believe that, uh, through challenge, we get stronger. And now, yes, I agree. Um, I'm so on fire right now with all this stuff. Like I really looked at everybody else and thought just, just in relation to the digital element, you know, like I'd watch social media and stuff. And I always thought to myself, everyone else can do that. That's just, I can't do that. It's just, I can't, like, I just didn't believe in myself. Like one of our biggest ops, our biggest obstacles ourselves. I do believe that we, each of us have the ability, if we're willing to work hard enough, to study hard enough, to ask enough questions, to ask for help, we can do pretty much anything we put our minds to. But the biggest obstacle is just believing in ourselves that we could actually do it. So that's what I think personally, that's like the big lesson I'm getting out of life right now is just to really hear that negative chatter in my head that's saying that that starts the negativity approach of like, you know, you can't do this when I hear myself tell myself that you wouldn't be able to do that and just saying, I can do it. And I just think a lot, I keep trying to do things that are bigger and harder, <laughs> like, like the crossing like the for cystic crossing fibrosis, what, you know, <laughs> paddling 80 miles across the Gulf Stream from Bahamas to Florida. When I first heard that, I thought there's no way that's possible. I don't believe them. No way. And so I thought, well, I want to do it. Right. So like consciously doing things that are way bigger than, you know, seems possible, but starting off at a really small baby step, you know, like, um, yoga, I can't touch my toes. I would like to be able to touch my toes. You can touch your toes. You're going to have to work for it. You're gonna have to work on it every day. Right. But it's possible so super possible. So I think that's, what's so amazing about yoga is it's like tangible skill building exercises on a daily basis. And then, you know, sticking with one thing for a long period of time, it just gets better and better and better. Yeah. And I'm hearing like feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, yeah. in terms of hearing you work on getting past or over, or maybe it's even through yeah. the, the fears and the, the lack of confidence, um, do you feel like, um, it was by the doing that there was more ease Oh, like by actually starting this podcast, oh, hearing your voice or oh, do you listen to definitely your, just in relate, just in relation to podcast, I, a couple things that it's, 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 it's making me do go outside my comfort zone, like to, to want to talk to somebody who I think is quote air quotes more famous and then to get the nerve up to write them and to feel worthy enough to ask them, can't, would you be willing to come on the show? Uh, that personally for me is a really great learning experience. And because I think what it boils down to is when we think someone is above us, we're missing the point. And I, the more that we realize we're all equal and we're all really just learning and growing and benefiting from getting to know one another, that now I'm starting to write people to be on the show that I don't know them from the man in the moon and to uh, feel like I'm worthy to speak with them and that they would want to do this to actually come on the show, right? So that's been an incredible process that that is getting easier for me that was difficult for me at the start 
And the other thing too, when I listen to myself, one of the things I'm trying to do is get away from, um, um, and you know, um, and also I have a habit of rambling on. So to get like a clear thought and to speak clearly about something and not ramble too far off. So all of these things I find are, are really gr skills that I want to focus on. I get a lot of pleasure out of trying to perfect and get better at. So this seems like a perfect opportunity um, to ask um, the majority of your podcasts are these really rich, incredible interviews. Um, I will share that my number one <laughs> favorite, like I said in the intro, was your storytelling. I did not pick up an um or <laughs> an and or anything. It was I was right there with you. Um, your storytelling of your Crossing for the Cure experience from this year. Um, but I do want to ask about looking back on those episodes, if there are interviews that have stood out to you for um, for any reason, some highlights perhaps. Yes. One is my very first one I did. I was in my garage and it was right when I was hearing about the fact that there's this thing called a pandemic and... I had just gotten this equipment and I took my first step and I didn't even have, I wasn't interviewing anybody. I was just like, I'm just going to talk into the microphone and just express my feelings and thoughts. And I was nervous about that. You know, it's a little bit, sometimes it's scary to tell our story because we have so many different things we're worried about. What are people going to think? What about, what about the people in my immediate life? What are they going to think? Um, am I, will I be judged? Uh, if I say something that will it get me into trouble if I'm honest, you know, there's certain fears that come up with about honesty, right? So that for me, even though I don't, think is nearly anywhere near my best work was a big pivotal moment because it was that first step right and once I got the ball rolling and you know you figure all the tech and you get the website set up to be able to publish the episode and all that stuff you know and you feel like oh my gosh I can actually do this like this is possible okay cool another one that made me think uh, that was for me was a really just a pivotal moment was one of my heroes in the yoga world is David Swenson and David Swenson he has taught here before which for us was a huge honor you know I got to the first time Tamara and I we were in India we were in Mysore and we were practicing Ashtanga yoga with Patabi Joyce and Sharat and I the way that I got inspired to practice Ashtanga yoga is Tamara and I were living in San Diego and we had a Bikram yoga studio and I started thinking there's got to be more to this yoga like there's got to be more, <laughs> more than just 26 <laughs> postures there's got to be more to it there's got to be like a pranayama part I've been hearing little whispers about or the meditation part or I just figured there's got to be more and I was oh, I'm so curious like I'm a very curious person so I went into yoga journal magazine and I just want to point out that at this point this is in 2000 2002 and I don't YouTube was not even around at that point the internet was basically just sending emails it there was websites uh, but it was not where it's at right now and we did not have iPhone so like is different. So I went into Yoga Journal Magazine. You buy the VHS tape. I get the VHS from David Swenson. I pluck it in the VCR. And I watched his intro practicing Ashtanga Yoga on this dock out over the water. I believe it was filmed in Texas. And 
my mind was blown. I was like, what in the world is this? This guy looks so dialed in. So I mean, so I started practicing into the tape at home and I was, it was hard. It was really hard. I was like, this is so crazy hard. Some of the poses in the primary series are like advanced yoga. So the fact that it's even called primary series is always, you know, been something I find humorous. But so we were in India, fast forward, we're in, we made it to India. We're practicing and I see David Swinson come walking in the room and I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> Tamara, Tamara, look, look, look. Oh my gosh. Oh, I couldn't believe it. It was like my hero has come, come walking. I just couldn't, you know, you're like when you, yes. when you see someone on video or tape or, and at that point too, like, you know, if we think back, like to even be able to produce VHS, that was a big deal. You were kind of famous to get to that point. Like now we have the technology at our fingertips. We can do anything with, with, what these people are, it was a big deal to do that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, to, to interview David was really amazing experience for me because I was so nervous and to go to, to do it and then to feel like, wow, you know, that was so kind of him too. Cause he didn't have to do that. So for him to take time out of his day, and that's something I'm always appreciative. People are coming on the podcast and, or, you know, what you're, what we're doing is all volunteer and it's all out of goodwill, you know, no, I'm not making any money off my podcast. You know, it's not like, a, it's not like I'm selling ads. And, um, I did try that for a little bit, but the ad revenue was like, you just earned two cents off that <laughs> podcast. I'm like, what? One baby okay. steps, right? <laughs> baby, <laughs> baby steps. <laughs> yes. yes. That is one of my big dreams. One of my dreams and goals is to, uh, be able to be a digital nomad. I love being staying put, but for me to be able to say, go to Ecuador and rent a house for a month or a year and have my business move wherever I go and to offer yoga vibes through the digital medium and make a living off of that. That's really something that's, that's my focus right now. I really want to achieve this dream and goal. So I'm, um, I'm dedicated. I'm working really hard on it right now and I'm having a lot of fun though at the same time doing it. <laughs> I love it. And that actually will help me circle back around to how the pivot. So I heard how 2020, um, was your time to get out of the comfort zone into the podcast, uh, world we'll say. Yep. Um, so I'll circle back around to how that impacted your yoga studio going virtual as well. And for those who don't know what Juno Beach, Florida is, even this area, it's like slight, well, it's awesome. <laughs> There's a beach it right across the street, right? But it's also seasonal. Very. So one thing that I knew just about being a student here and making friends here um, is that people go back up north. So again, what I saw was that those people who might not have been able to be with you all year round all of a sudden can be with you am i right did you experience oh big that? time yeah what's yeah. amazing is that i remember prior like say 2019 or so somebody had come in she said hey you should get on zoom you know i have clients where i actually practice with them on zoom and honestly my thought was why no one's going to want to do that with me. Cause I'm such an in-person, like everything from my whole experience has been like, you're in the room, physical assistant, yeah. you know, and, uh, cueing and visually seeing them. And so that was just my, my scope of practice. So I just didn't believe them. I had a hard time believing it could work. So 
Yeah, that's that was a really great that is a really great thing. And what I'm finding now, too, is that people that um, come into the studio and they really love the vibe that when they go back up north now, they're still practicing with us through the live stream. So I, I'm keeping the live stream going. You know, I had a conversation with someone recently where they said, um, I asked them uh, a question about like, you know, are you doing any more of the zoom? And they said, no, thank goodness. We're not, you know, we're back in community and in person, which I think great. I agree, but man, I can't help, but still love the virtual. I I'm a huge, I think there's so much benefit to this because we can, um, communicate to anyone anywhere in the entire world. And that's what's, you know, people will send me an email and they'll say, wow, that last discussion, I, and I don't know, I don't know them. And somehow they've heard about it and they'll, they'll write me a, and that they'll write a note saying how much they appreciate what they heard. And that's the reward. Like that's the, I do think that feedback is beyond a financial payment, right? I and mean, we all have to make sure we can keep our stuff afloat, but that's really what drives me. So I want to clarify, thank you for like sharing that you've had that experience. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I guess people do go back, but you can't <laughs> get exactly <laughs> what you get from this space. So I'm pretty that's sure true. even if people are back in their up north home studios, they're still checking yeah. in to get like, yeah, this is a, yeah. a unique offering. Yeah. With that said, I think I saw i did a lot of like pre-research. Are you offering teacher trainings virtually? Wow. So we, we just got approval like two days ago from Yoga Alliance to be able to offer our 200 and 300 hour yoga teacher training online. And that for me was a big one. I... I I'm really excited about this. Um, we did do, so we had teacher training going during the pandemic and because we switched it over to having live stream, we gave people the option that they could come into the studio or they could join in via the live stream. So we got experience with holding down those two angles at the same time. And then we decided to take a little break with teacher training. We put it on pause and uh, it's been, I think it's been on pause for like a little over a year now. And Tamara and I are just the other day or a couple months ago, we're like, let's, let's get going again. Let's get going again. Cause we do enjoy doing it and it's a really incredible process. So then I saw some website where I, or I just typed in like, well, who are people actually doing teacher trainings online? Cause I mean, I gotta be honest. I'm like, how, how do you, I mean, I still am a very in-person kind of person. Like I just have this feeling like that's how I learned from my teacher. And sometimes in my head I'll go, imagine if, you know, uh, you know, going back 70 years to our yoga teacher in India and saying, in 70 years from now, here's a, <laughs> here's a look into the future, you know, yoga teacher trainings will be happening virtually. People won't be in the room with you. It'll be happening over a computer. I don't think they would have believed it. It would sound like watching an alien show or something sci-fi. They'd think, no way. So things are obviously shifting and evolving and changing. And I am a firm believer that we got to move ahead with the times, like to sit around and think, oh, I wish it used to be like this. I wish it used to be like that. That's not going to get us anywhere. So I... I'm excited to move forward into this territory, continue to do it in studio and in person, but also offer it in an online platform. I love it. And I think that that will um, continue to fuel the uh, 
dream of digital nomad, but in reverse, because you'll be mm. like, I have someone in <laughs> like yeah, this country yeah, right yeah. now doing teacher training with us. Yeah, so I'm excited yeah. for you guys. I'm Thank glad you. I was, I, I read that. that correctly. Thank you. you did. I, yeah. I, I just put that up. So you must, you're paying close attention. So <laughs> I know, I re- good job. My first interview, good job. So I good had job. to do my diligence. You're doing amazing. <laughs> um, and then, so I wanted to bring it to the kind of the final aspect, aspect of you. Mm. So we talked about um, co-owning the yoga studio, and um, the seeds that were planted in in this realm, um, also the birth of the podcast. Uh, the last was, I'm trying to come to the right word. I don't know if it's like activism or giving a voice to uh, people, organizations, and and things <laughs> that that make an impact. What did I write in the intro? Bringing awareness. Okay, so you bring awareness to to a lot through. Um, being this teacher, right, this guide and teacher for your students, um, and what you do in the community here, particularly Crossing for the Cure. I feel it. I know people from other places come and do this thing, <laughs> um, but I feel like it's very locally, like, grown. Um, and then the interview, can you say the gentleman's name again? It was so good. The one with the Trini Foundation. Oh, yes, uh, Taylor Hunt. Okay, Taylor Hunt. So I see you're doing something to bring awareness to a recovery organization. So in my mind, you have um, made a huge impact by drawing awareness and attention to things that make an impact. I guess the question would be, why is that important to you? And maybe even sharing more detail about these two in particular that seem to um, have a space in your heart. Mm, another great question. Thank you. I, okay, so first thought, I was in, I took a 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat. So you go and you sit for 10 days in silence for 10 hours and 45 minutes a day, sitting, no talking for 10 days, no phones, no nothing, right? It's pretty intense. It's amazing. It's challenging. If anyone's interested, you go to dhamma.org, D-H-A-M-M-A.org. Um, and they, you don't pay for it at the end of the sit, you can donate and whatever it is you want to donate. So that's pretty amazing. And one of the elements within that organization is that they point out that to continue your meditation practice, it's absolutely imperative that you, that you do uh, it's called Donna. So offering a donation, but the reverse or flip side of that is that you do something for an individual or, or an organization where you just give freely a hundred percent. And this, this comes in like with the Bhagavad Gita and, and, uh, with the teachings of karma yoga, this idea of doing something without expecting anything in return, which is harder than it sounds. Cause a lot of times when we do stuff, we can't wait for the didn't you see I did the dishes? The return. Yeah, exactly. Good <laughs> Tell point. Me I did a good job. Yeah, didn't you see? I cleaned the house all day for you. Um, please at least acknowledge it. Uh, so as I started to realize that, then I thought, well, what can I do? What can I do? Like, what can I do that I can give back to the community in some way? Because one thing I feel really blessed about as an entrepreneur, when you when you seek your dream and you achieve it, and then you're able to 
earn enough to survive off that, then at some point, like it's not about the money, it's about the excitement of achieving the dream, right? So then that's, you're freed up to be able to uh, help out, right? And do what we can. So that's kind of the, the bones of the why. And then in relation to two events that I've taken part in recently, like you mentioned, crossing for cystic fibrosis, I think the, I feel really passionate about the founder, Travis suit has become a really good friend. And, um, you know, when I, I think with that, that for me to, to be around the cystic fibrosis community and for them to express their appreciation for us working selflessly for them and, and fundraising, um, that is a feeling that's beyond words and, and personal gain. So once I started to feel that, that appreciation, that love, like real appreciation, right? And then you just, it's just lights that fire that what can, what more can I do? What more can I do? I want to do more. I want to help more. Um, I do believe and this also and within the world of yoga, and say the tradition of Buddhism and the Mahayana Buddhism, there's this idea of the Bodhisattva and the Bodhisattva ideal is that, you know, at some point we'll achieve some level of peace, but what's the beauty of having peace for ourselves if there's suffering in the world? So our path or our mission as humans is once we achieve some certain level of peace is that we need to share it. We need to try to figure out ways to alleviate suffering. And so just getting involved in anything, anything, it doesn't matter what it is. And it can be doing the dishes. Like it literally start, it can start with like, I don't like to, like my partner, whoever else in my household usually does them today. I'm going to do the dishes for them. Right. And you do that. And that can have such a profound shift like that little, that little act you can, and those little shifts are just, that's what it's all about. So the more we can look for where we can make those shifts and when that ball starts rolling, whoa, it's amazing. It feels so good. So I just podcasted with a man, Taylor Hunt. You'll see him. If you go to native yoga podcast in the library, you'll see it. And it's called, uh, what's the title coming out of darkness or something of that nature. And Taylor shares his story about going through recovery and it was really powerful for me because I, well, anytime I hear a story about struggle, it makes me, um, you know, I'm just so honored that people are willing to open up and talk about truth, their truth. So I was home editing the podcast and a really good friend of mine, uh, I texted him and just randomly. And he uh, said, I've got some really difficult news. And I was like, Oh no. And he said, my 25 year old son just died. And, um, from, I guess I, I'll, sh I'll share that. And I hope he's okay with me sharing it, but from an overdose. And so, you know, having this conversation with someone who is, is alive and has come through this and hearing this from my good friend and the pain and the sorrow that, um, you know, Taylor had mentioned that September is recovery month and that they're doing a fundraiser for his nonprofit, which is the Trini Foundation, which the, 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 the idea is that if someone's entering into recovery, that yoga can really help a lot. And so 
uh, the Trini Foundation, the donations go to helping people. Uh, so like a yoga studio can then be subsidized to make it possible for people to come in and take classes. So basically just trying to bridge the gap between those that are don't maybe don't have the financial means to start yet practice yoga in a studio and to fill that gap in the middle. So on Sunday, September 11th at 1.30 p.m., I believe, is it 2.30? It doesn't matter. You'll see it on the website. But uh, <laughs> it's going to be live stream and or in studio, and it's a two-hour Ashtanga yoga workshop, and um, anyone can join in. It's donation-based, and the money goes all to the Trini Foundation. So, you know, I just, um, I'm always looking for what can I do? And if something speaks to me and I see that there's an opportunity for me to fundraise, I get to use this platform, the podcast, the people that are the generous people that come into the studio. Um, they've been, everyone that comes to he here in this community has been so supportive. And I think, I do believe I'm very passionate about what I'm getting into. I know people feel, and they see me working my butt off. They see me waking up at 4 a.m., paddling for two hours, coming in, teaching six classes a day, doing three massages, going home, and then doing it all over again, right? Like, I, I know people see that, and they, they, it's reflected in their generosity, which is um, what fuels me. Right, it's like fuel. It <laughs> makes you want to get up and go. <laughs> that was the best award. I'm so glad they had oh, an award well, thank for that. You. Just because I, I was like part of the efforts coming in to see you donating classes, and I also love um, what you just shared about uh, that you can start in the home and yes. and those services that, yep. that don't cost yep. a thing, but yep. also being. Um, aware of your reach and yep. of your platform. Yep. And again, it's it might not be your dollars if people are like I would give but I don't have yeah. well taking the time to reflect upon what you do have yeah. not money it doesn't have to be money yeah. because that's yeah. a true thing but yeah. you have other ways to give so I really appreciate that oh, I want to read from the <laughs> the email <Please. laughs> yeah go. so it's Sunday because I'm going to like release this podcast as soon as I can so it's <laughs> nice to know that September is this coming um, up. this meaningful <laughs> month um Sunday, September 11th, 1.30 Eastern Time, a donation-based two-hour Ashtanga yoga workshop in studio and online, benefiting the Trini Foundation, a nonprofit organization that helps those in recovery be able to access yoga classes. Thank you. I just read Thank it. Thank you for mentioning it. That made it easier. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I you. wanted to kind of conclude the very timely and we can i mean i'd love to have honestly tamara in for a oh, podcast yeah. too because oh, i don't want to get into like how does a you know couple run a business and oh like, gosh uh, yes <laughs> dude that'd be so great i know i've been wanting to get tamara on the podcast too i keep saying because tamara well, my wife is really funny she's hilarious like she's, she's extremely witty i don't know if you ever have that feeling where somebody will um say something to you and then you, you know, you don't say something back. And then by the time you get home, you're like, ah, oh, now I know what I would have said back to that person. Tamara is like right so away. fast. She's so fast. So I keep saying, Tamara, you got to come on the podcast and just let me interview you. And, and she's like, uh, so, so one of these days, so maybe you'll so help maybe us you'll break both the ice. Be on the maybe other side. So I'm right. glad I time right. managed to be able to cover, um, <laughs> just the yoga, Good job. native yoga podcast, and then, um, the service component, your, your acts oh. of service and involvement in the community. So, um, I'm just really grateful for, like you said, this is time, um, that we make in our day, 
um, to, to share the stories that I'm, I'm so grateful, um, to actually even learn, learn more about you you and your story and how you are in this space now. So to hear like kind of the journey, I will end with just one final question. Um, and it, and it really is, is there anything else you want to share? So we did this planting of the seed, experiencing the fruits. Is there anything either coming up in the future for you or anything you would like to, um, conclude with? Well, thank you. Yes. Really what's so amazing is that you're listening to this right now, like somewhere, it's either on your headphones or you're in the car or you're chopping broccoli. <laughs> doing the dishes. <laughs> doing the dishes. You're all doing the dishes right now. And multitasking. <laughs> and I just want to thank you because I think that to have you here listening is what it's all about. So to the listeners, really, that's my main idea is that it, thank you so much for supporting and, and listening. And Sarah, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you. And I think you're an amazing person and you bring so much joy and excitement and love and um, compassion into the yoga studio. Every time I see you or you text me and you say, I'm coming in at 930, (laughs) like I'm doing it. And, you know, right away when I get that text, I'm like, that sort of energy is what fuels all of us to kind of keep going. So the work that you're doing with your podcast, keep going, don't stop. We're both of us are going to hit episode <laughs> X squared <laughs> down the road. And, um, I think it's a tremendous service that you're offering. And I, I think that, you know, the, the family vibe that your mom and your beautiful daughters have brought your husband to the studio is just absolutely amazing. And so I just want to thank you for, offering this opportunity to me. Awesome. I love ending in a place of gratitude. Um, So I will say thank you to you and thank you to the listeners. This is uh, episode one of Peaceful Power Project Conversations. Um, And yeah, wishing everyone peace, power, and presence.